The following program is intended to provide general information only, and its host, Tim Decker, recommends that you always seek competent professional guidance for financial, legal, and tax advice, as everyone's specific needs are unique. WHP Talk Radio 580 now presents Financial Freedom with Tim Decker from ISI Financial Group. A full hour of sleep well at night financial guidance from an experienced financial advisor. Talking about This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial Freedom on WHP Talk Radio 580. Well, good morning, everyone. Tim Decker here with you with another hour of all things financial here on Financial Freedom. Thank you uh, again for taking time out this Saturday morning and uh as always i promise i'll do my very best to make sure our time spent here together is beneficial and helpful for you in practical ways as i make every effort to be your trusted resource for financial truth by providing you with straightforward unbiased financial guidance if you'd like to speak with me this morning i have something you'd like to ask of me do not be shy. We're all friends here, and uh, all we need is your first name, where you're calling from, and we will take your call in the order of when it is received. The two numbers that you can reach us uh, at here, uh, here in the studio is 717-540-0580. That's 717-540-0580, and anywhere else toll-free, it's 800 800- 724-5801. Again, that's 800-724-5801. And again, for those of you who are phone shy, you can email me live here uh, by emailing me at ffradio at comcast.net. That's ff as in financial freedom, radio at comcast.net. ffradio at comcast.net. So, what's going on in the markets? Anybody hear that there's some volatility taking place? Of course, all of us have. That's all over the news. The news is frothing. They are so excited. The financial channels are finally having some excitement to get people to tune in. The evening news leads with their headlines of what's going on in global markets and of course it's on the front of many newspapers uh, locally and nationally in fact uh, Lancaster newspapers uh, contacted me earlier this week for a uh, headline article that they had on Thursday uh, asking me some questions that would be hopefully helpful to individual investors if you didn't get a chance to read that that was in Thursday's edition and I know uh, it is on Lancaster online um, as well but let's just let's just step back and let's start with the foundational things of importance 
Because one of my goals, as you know, is to cut through all of the the noise that's out there, all, all of the what's been deemed by Jane Bryant Quinn so well when she calls it financial pornography, which is 99% of what you hear all over the news. I mean, when you're listening to the news, whether you're listening to a business channel, it can be CNBC, it can be Fox Business, it can be Bloomberg, or you're uh, uh, reading the daily newspaper, everyone has suggestions. They have advice. And then there's fools that even have predictions. Well, I guess they're really not fools because I'll be frank with you, the media loves, they love to interview people that will give them predictions. How much lower is this market going to go? Are we ready for a comeback? Is this correction, which once it dropped officially 10% by somebody, whoever came up with the definition, that makes it a quote, correction, unquote. Is this correction just a correction? Or is it going to continue and turn into a bear market? Which, by the way, definition of a bear market is a decline of 20% or more. And, by the way, if you want to stick with their technical definitions of a correction in a bear market, the markets must close at least 10% lower or more for it to be a correction. And for it to be a bear market, it must, from its prior peak, close at least 20% or more. Now, why it has to close versus that can take place during, uh, during the day while the markets are open, I have no idea. But somebody somewhere came up with, okay, let's agree that these are the definitions that we're going to use for market correction and a bear market. Well, what you hear is you you, <clears throat> you have one guest on television talking about why this is going to continue to get worse and worse and worse, and there, the reasons for it, I mean, these, these pundits make it sound so good, like, like they've got it all... I'll figure it out. Well, the reason this is taking place is, number one, it's overdue. That one, by the way, is the one that I agree with. It is way overdue. But then they go on to say, well, it's because interest rates uh, have started increasing. And when interest rates start going up, now that's going to compete for stocks. And uh, no, it's not that. It's what's going on in Washington uh, no, it's not that. It's, uh, you know, uh, somebody uh, de decided that uh, they were going to turn on all the computers and all the algorithms are going to dictate all these programs. I mean, it, there's all kinds of explanations being offered up. Let me tell you what you should listen to. What you should listen to is what we know, because all of that stuff that I just shared with you is nothing more than people taking guesses. And we also know that the track records of all of these people in aggregate 
Their track records are horrible. So I encourage you, if you are going to l- listen to that, make sure you put that in the category of entertainment, but never, ever, ever allow any of that nonsense to have an impact on the investment decisions that you make. Instead, you need to think about what the evidence is, what financial market history over decades and decades and over a century has taught us. And if you will focus on those things and use those factoids, those pieces of evidence, using financial science as your guide, you will be handsomely rewarded over time, especially especially if you stick to a process and a strategy that has never failed. Now, for compliance reasons, I have to say past performance is not predictive of future performance and anything can happen in the future. But if we cannot use history as our guide, what do we have? So what we're going to talk about this morning is I'm going to share with you some things that I suggest that you think about, that you embrace, that you even write down, and keep these things handy, as what I'm going to share with you are things that we know versus opinions and speculations of all these pundits out there, which, by the way, They never, ever, ever bring these guys or gals back and hold them accountable for all their predictions. So anybody can go on and say anything they want. I would like to see a show at least once a month where all they do is they go back and they hold accountable individuals that they have brought on with all of their crystal ball glazing predictions just so everyone can see how horribly wrong they are consistently over and over again. Okay, let's go to our first break. When we come back, we'll pick right back up. I believe we have a caller or two. If you have anything that you'd like to ask of me, that's what I'm here for. You have me. I'll do my very best. Don't be shy. If you want my opinion on anything as it pertains to your investments, your finances, you can reach me here at 540. I'm sorry, it's now 717-540-0580. That's 717-540-0580. Or toll free, it's 800-724-5801. Or you can email me here live, ffradio at comcast.net. I'm Tim Decker, and this is Financial Freedom. This is your financial show, Central PA. Financial Freedom on WHP 580. All right, welcome back. Let's go right to the phones. Uh, We had Gary from Mechanicsburg, but I think uh, he got disconnected, so... Gary, if you want to call back, I'll be happy to no, speak with you. Oh, there you are. Hi, Gary. Yep. How are you? I'm sorry. I didn't know you were there. How can I help yep. you, sir? Yeah. Um, 
Thanks for taking my call, Tim. I have a a portfolio um, that right now is um, 50% in the Ginny May um, and roughly 25 in the prime cap, 25 in the index 500 funds. And um, so I. Oh, Vanguard? Yes, I I didn't know if I was able to say Vanguard or not. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Anything goes on this show. We don't hide anything. We're completely transparent, so. Okay, good. So um, I'm now um, unexpectedly going to be retired, and um, so I'm going to be getting a lump sum, um, and I want to make sure that that goes into a fund that's really safe. Um, So I guess I have two questions here. Um, Based on the percentages I just told you, and then another large amount of money, um, I want to move into somewhere because – not sure my my income in the future and and uh, what so I'm looking for some suggestions here. Okay, um, what I would suggest is this: to first answer your question about your overall allocation, which I think I heard you say is roughly fifty percent fixed income, with that being Ginny Mays and the other fifty percent split between Prime Cap and the S and P five hundred index. Correct. Okay, so we're looking at roughly here an allocation of 50% stocks and 50% fixed income. The right allocation should always be guided and dictated by your personal goals, needs, and comfort level. And the best way to come up with that is to sit down and put together a financial plan where essentially what what you will be doing as part of that plan is looking out over the next five to ten years at a minimum and finding out what is it that you're going to need to withdraw from any of these investments, whether it be for supplemental income, whether it be for travel and vacation, uh, maybe you're going to give a certain amount annually to your church, whatever specific planned expenditures that you know that you're going to need to withdraw from any of your investment accounts, you want to have a minimum, a minimum of seven to 10 years worth of what those needs are that are not in stocks whatsoever, but are in things very, very safe. What I recommend and what we do for our clients in their portfolios is once we've determined when we do a very comprehensive, detailed financial plan, we then, making sure that we have a minimum of 7 to 10 years in the fixed income. And by the way, there's nothing magic about the 7 or 10 years. But what that does, Gary, is if you know, let's say, that you've got your next 10 years of needs taken care of, and that's in nothing but what I like is short-term and intermediate term government bonds or government bond funds, what that will do is when we go through times where whatever percentage you have in stocks, when they go down and we have perfectly normal temporary declines, which, yes, it will happen. It has happened. It will. I mean, that's just part of investing. What allows you to get through that, Gary, is you can look at your spouse if you're married. If not, and you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I don't have to worry about the temporary declines that are taking place in my stock funds because 
I made sure that I got the next 10 years or more, depending upon how conservative you want to be. But it's it, it, it's knowing that you don't have to worry about what's going on with the stock market today, next week, next year, three years from now. And yeah. then when, when the market is in a temporary decline, you can keep withdrawing what you need at a reasonable rate from the fixed income, from the short-term, intermediate-term government bond funds. Um, and that's what allows you to get through these times when the markets are going through their downturns. And because of what we know is if you go back long-term and you look at the stock market history going back to the 1800s, the only people that ever lost money were people that chose to sell during a temporary decline. So we want to make sure that you are never in a position where you're going to need to sell. Now, if you panic out and sell, then that's not the market's fault. That's your yeah. fault. But, but we right. can take care of the needs part by always making sure that you have a minimum of 7 to 10 or even 15 years worth in your fixed income. So that, if you sit down and you put that plan together and you look at all of your assets in a, in a uh, whole, that will help you come up with what I call is a master allocation. And then you can back into it rather than saying, you know, is 50, should it be 50, 50, should it be 60, 40? Let's don't do it that way. Let's have your goals and your needs back into and tell us what your allocation should be. And that way, whatever you end up doing, you're going to have the utmost confidence that it makes sense. And you understand why you chose that allocation. And you can sleep well at night and not worry about what the markets do in the short term because you got X amount of years taken care of. That's what I would do. And the, and the second thing that you asked, I am not a big fan of Ginny Mays because with mortgages, you have prepayment risk. I want to take that risk off the table. I'm a very firm believer in the tried and the true, and that's by hedging yourself with some short-term as well as some inter intermediate-term U.S. government bonds and as we saw in 2007, 2008, when we had the really sharp sell-off here, uh, sharper since we've seen since the Great Depression, those government bonds, Gary, were your best friend. Not only did they hold up, but the intermediate-term government bonds were positive in 2008 as much as 10%. So that's what gets wow. you through those declines. Okay. Does that make the, sense? Yeah, the... the what about the money markets, like the federal money money market fund? Is that at risk? That's too? just cash. No, just no. Cash. So, no, no. so I can actually move my lump sum into that until I figure it all out. Maybe sit yes, down sir. with you, and, there, that, and that's well, probably a safe place to put it until. That would be all. the smart thing. The smart okay. thing is there's no rush. When you mm -hmm. build a house, you want to build it right, and the first thing you want to do is sit down and put together a blueprint tied to your goals and your objectives, and you don't start building the house until you got that blueprint, and then once you have that done, then you right. build the house, and it's the same way with your in investments. The problem is there's too many people out there that have no goal-oriented financial plan, and I can tell you the peace of mind that you will derive as a result of taking the time 
to invest some time and a little bit of money, obviously, to have somebody help you. Just make sure it's a fee-only advisor that has nothing to sell you that you pay for their time and right. service only. But it will be so worthwhile. And as I always say, you don't get a second chance at a secure retirement. You want to go off into your retirement years knowing that you didn't leave anything unturned because if this thing blows up, um, you don't want to have to start working all over again. So exactly. take your time and do it right. All right. Thank you very much, Tim. Appreciate it. You're welcome. I wish you the very best, Gary. Thank you. Bye now. You bet. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, JC or Tori, is Dell still there? Okay. Dell, if you want to call back, I'll be happy to speak with you. Uh, I did get an email here. Let me bring this uh, email up. Daryl from Lidditz asks, he says, uh, can we transfer a life insurance annuity to a, saving or, to a savings or a checking account to help pay for 92-year-old assisted living expense without incurring a penalty? Simple answer is we would need to look at the policy um you can you can contact the insurance company directly daryl or if you look in the annuity policy if the annuity is like most of them out there it was probably sold by a commission sales person which means there is a surrender penalty in it uh, sometimes those surrender penalties will last as long as seven eight years Honest to God, I've seen them last as long as 15 years. But that information will be outlined in the policy. And if you're not able to find it, uh, sit down, talk to a fee-only financial advisor, or you can directly call the home office of the insurance company. And that's um, who I would call if you want to call someone and give them the contract number and they will be able to tell you whether or not you are out of surrender penalty now i will tell you um be beware if there's any gains in that annuity uh when you cash that in it can be taxable on the gains as ordinary income so just make sure you're aware of that okay we're going to go to the uh news when we come back we'll pick right back up if you'd like to speak with me, you can reach me 717-540-0580, toll-free 800-724-5801, or you can email me live, uh, ffradio at comcast.net. You're not going to want to go anywhere because we're going to pick back up uh, our discussion about this current market environment and things that you should focus on versus things that are nothing more than distractions and are actually much of it is actually poisonous as it pertains to your future financial security. I'm Tim Decker. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Providing you with the information and answers to gain your financial independence. This is Financial Freedom on WHP 580. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Once again, here's Tim Decker. All right, welcome back. Second half of Financial Freedom. Thanks for, again, making us part of your Saturday morning. Uh, if you have anything you'd like to discuss with me, if I can help you in any way, you want to bounce anything off of me, 
Again, you can uh, reach me here, 717-540-0580 or 800-724-5801 or email me live here, ffradio at comcast.net. What is volatility? Do you like it? Do you not like it? What about volatility specifically as it pertains to markets? Well, let me provide you with my definition of market volatility. Are you ready? Market volatility is the extreme and random variance around the long-term uptrend. Let me say that again. Market volatility is the extreme and random variance around the long-term uptrend. Here's a good exercise for you to do. If you have a piece of paper and pen handy, on the lower left-hand corner of a piece of paper, draw a line up towards the right-hand side upper corner. Just draw a straight line from the lower left-hand corner up to the right-hand upper corner. Straight line. And then take your pen and go back to the beginning of the line, the lower left-hand corner, and start making some jaggedy random lines that go above that straight line. Every once in a while, go below, go above, just pure random, but always staying around that long-term uptrend. That, my friend, is market volatility now to to achieve and to capture that long-term uptrend what does it take well that picture that I just described answers that what it takes is a willingness to understand that to get those long-term uptrend returns, you have to not only accept volatility, you have to embrace it. Because volatility isn't just under, isn't just the variance under that long-term uptrend, it's also what provides you with the returns when it goes above that long-term uptrend, as we've seen with this unbelievable bull market that we've had since March of 09. People like volatility when it's when the variance is above that line but most for some reason don't like it when it's under well let me just s share something with you and it's a financial truth and as much as you may not like to hear it in the spirit of love I'm going to share it with you. If you aren't willing, if you aren't willing to sit through a perfectly normal 10 to 15% decline on average once a year and on average a 30% decline about every five years, if you're not willing to sit through those, then you will never, ever 
capture the great long-term returns that equities and stocks provide. If you are not willing to accept and sit through a perfectly normal, when I say perfectly normal, if you go back to World War II, since 1945, you've heard me say it before, we've had, on average, a 10 to 15% decline, on average, about once a year, and we've had a 15% decline, on average, about every three years, and a greater than 20% decline, on average, about once every five years. So this is perfectly normal. But if you're not willing to accept it, embrace it, and sit through it, and better yet, if you really want to make some money long-term, having a process in place that not only are you sitting through it, but you, you get the satisfaction and the fulfillment of actually taking advantage of temporary declines, whether they last a week, whether they last six months, whether they last a year or two, whatever, by having a process in place that you are strategically buying more of these shares while they're temporarily down. We don't know how much lower they're going to go, obviously. But what we do know is if you're buying more and more as the prices become lower and lower, there's two things that are true. One is you're going to own more shares when the markets turn and come back up, which means you're going to get back up even much faster. And number two, the lower prices go, the higher their future expected returns are. Let me say that again. The lower prices go in the equity markets. Now, again, I'm not talking about individual stocks. If you own individual stocks, I've been trying to tell you for years to get the heck out of individual stocks. That's a loser's game. That's speculating. That's trying to pick horses on the racetrack. And I don't know about you, but I don't like owning anything that can go to zero. So if you own individual stocks, or worse yet, if you're paying somebody who has led you to believe that them picking individual stocks for you or that they've got some uh, guru manager out of New York or Boston or wherever that they can pick individual stocks, okay, in spite of the fact, the financial or one of the financial truths that I've shared with you over the years, and that is the evidence, the numbers, the cold hard numbers show that 80 to 90% of all stock managers don't even keep up with a simple low cost index fund. Assuming that you don't have all those individual stocks and you're diversified the way you should be with a beautiful globally diversified portfolio of low cost index funds or institutional asset class funds what you can do and what you should be doing is having a non-emotional mechanical strategic process that allows you to buy more and more shares of whatever is down the most because what we know is 
All declines have been temporary, as the advance is permanent. And by buying more and more of these shares while prices are down, you are able to proactively take advantage of these temporary declines by buying from those who are selling. Because always remember, always remember, for every seller, there has to be a buyer. So throughout the day, when market prices are going down and down and down, in spite of what you've heard people say from time to time, oh, there was more sellers than there were buyers. That's an outright lie. You can't have a trade without a seller and a buyer. There are an equal amount of buyers and sellers throughout the day and at the end of the day. Because you can't sell unless somebody's willing to buy, and you can't buy unless somebody's willing to sell. I mean, it's simple, simple uh, uh, common sense. So when the markets are going down, what you need to focus on is not what people on television are telling you is going to happen next, because let me tell you, tell you the truth. The truth is they, nor you, nor I, nor anyone has any reliable way of knowing what the market's going to do next week, next month, next year, for the next several years. We don't know. Start with that as a truth, which means if that is the truth, and by the way, the evidence clearly, clearly shows that. Now, people get lucky once in a while, and they'll, they'll be sure to point out when they got lucky. But as you've heard me remind you before, people get lucky in Vegas every day. People get lucky at the racetrack every day. But my friend, you do not want to base your future financial security on luck. So when you hear anybody, anybody trying to tell you or trying to tell anyone else what the market's going to do, you know, let let them think, let them say, let them do whatever they want. But I'm here to tell you as the messenger I didn't come up with the message. All I'm bringing to you is what we know from financial science and market history and evidence. Nobody, nobody has a clue what the market's going to do in the short term. In fact, Buffett has said, and you've heard me mention this before, he says market forecasters only exist to make fortune tellers look good. So, again, don't pay attention to that. Don't get sucked into that. But what you want to focus on when we come back from the break are a handful of things that you, the good news is, do have control over. And if you focus on these things and these things alone, you will increase your probabilities of having a secure, enjoyable financial future. Okay, we'll be right back. A lot of financial advisors won't want you to hear what we say. This is the financial show that represents you, not Wall Street. This is Financial Freedom with Tim Decker on WHP 580. 
Welcome back. Tim Decker here with you. Final segment of Financial Freedom. Uh, Lest I forget, let me remind you, if you've not yet done so, please, for your benefit, take advantage of our free e-newsletter. It's called Insights in Education. We send out uh, different pieces of uh, educational material, articles that I write, uh, uh, as well as other things such as our monthly video blog. Um, to take advantage of it, all you have to do is go to our website. It's isifinancialgroup.com. That's isifinancialgroup.com. We make it very easy right there on the home page. Scroll down to the bottom right-hand corner. We don't need your name. We don't need your address. We don't, we don't ask for any of that stuff. All we need is an email. That's it. We don't solicit, uh, never have, um, using uh, tools like this. It's strictly for educational purposes only. Okay, real quick, and then I'll uh, get back to uh, what, what I wanted to wrap up the show with. Um, I got an email from Donna here, <clears throat> and Donna asks if she can invest in uh, no-load mutual funds uh, and is that something that would be good for her IRA? The answer is absolutely, Donna. Um, there are you. You mentioned no fee mutual funds. There are no fee. I'm sorry. There are not any no fee mutual funds. All mutual funds do have at least an expense ratio that they charge for the ongoing operation and management of the funds. However, you can invest in and you should invest in no load, which means they pay no commissions to any salesperson. And uh, yes, those can be held within an IRA and, and they're, that, that's an excellent choice. Just make sure that before you do that you always start with a plan. Sit down and, and have somebody that is a fee-only advisor uh, and there's a handful of us around here, uh, not easy to find, uh, not many of us, but there are a few, and uh, have them look at your overall situation and talk about your goals and your needs and put together a plan first. Every portfolio should be a servant of its plan. Every portfolio should be a servant of its plan. Okay, what should you focus on? Well, you should focus on the things that you can control. And I know uh, many shows back, uh, one of the things that I had uh, encouraged you to do is to write down on a piece of paper on one side things you can control, on the other side things that you cannot control as an investor. You, you cannot control what the markets are going to do, uh, short-term, long-term, whatever. So don't waste your time with worrying about what the markets will do in the short term. Also, no one, as I share with you, can predict no one, no one, no one, other than the good Lord above, knows what the markets are going to do in the short term. So do not make any investment decisions based upon what you nor anyone else thinks is going to take place in the markets. What you can control is how you invest. You can control what you invest in. Let's start with how you invest. Well, you hear me emphasize it over and over, and I've emphasized it again this morning. 
your investments and how you invest and how much you invest in different types of investments, whether it be cash, CDs, uh, government bonds, mutual uh, uh, stock, mutual funds, whatever, that should always be determined by your plan and your goals. If you don't have a financial plan based upon your goals, where you want to be, where you want to go, then you're not going to have any confidence in the way that you're actually invested. And by the way, it's that lack of confidence that causes people to finally panic out when markets go through their perfectly normal declines. So start with a plan. Use that plan to build your portfolio. You can control that. Once you then have that portfolio invested, you can make sure that you rebalance that as needed. And it should be done ideally based upon predetermined percentages that you have in each of the different asset classes in your uh, overall portfolio. You can control your behavior. You can choose not to turn a temporary decline into a permanent decline by refusing to ever sell while things are temporarily down. And you can choose to buy more and more of the greatest companies throughout the world by taking advantage of temporary market declines. So. Those are the things that you should focus on. Those are the things that we know from history have a huge impact and ignore those that try to get you off track. Enjoy your